This is the Hot Metal Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Martin Sully, founder of Snapper Studio, a brand strategy and visual design studio in the heart of Newcastle, Australia. And I'm on a mission to help you gain clarity in your brand and confidence in what you're selling. From thoughtful, empowering brand strategies to defining powerful visual stories, I'll arm you with bite-sized branding tools to help you grow your brand and leave your own unique mark. Hello and welcome back. Uh, this is going to be a fun one today. So if you if you were a child growing up in the... 90s in in the UK, you no doubt would have heard of two characters called Zig and Zag. They were pretty unbearable. We're going to do a little bit of this today and talk a little bit about zinging and zigging and zagging because it's just one of those things that everybody tells you to zag. And I'm not going to change that opinion. I, I think cookie cutter businesses, you're not going to have the leverage that you should do from just doing the same old, same old thing. Going back to 2007, I had, I was lucky enough to have invited to our university, John Hegarty. And John Hegarty is probably not a name that you know. He was a partner in a advertising agency called Barty Bogle Hegarty, or BBH for short. Now, they did some pretty amazing stuff, and I presumably they're still running. <laughs> I mean, they've been around since, like, way before 1982. Anyway, 1982, they helped Levi's launch a pair of black jeans, and that doesn't sound that amazing, but... Black jeans just weren't a thing. Denim was always blue. BBH, they ran a black sheep ad campaign that featured, yeah, life-size models of sheeps. Sheeps? Oh. So, BBH, they had black sheep campaign, and the beauty of it was highlighting black Levi's when the world zigs, zag. It was iconic. The advert was, uh, you know, a hundred sheep all white facing one way and one sheep that was black just going the other way. You know, it was pretty rebellious. But anyway, that kind of, yeah, it sums up that whole, the whole motto of, yeah, it has been, yeah, adopted by so many people that it's distinctive and whilst you may not know the origins of zigging and zagging it's a really important one to remember but most brands actually just abide by industry conventions which is great for you because you can you could just break the conventions and become distinctive. Now, I realise that's not as simple as you, as it sounds. If you can differentiate yourself, 
from all the other brands, then you are definitely going to be giving yourself the best possible chance of, yeah, being spotted and being loved. So to do this, we kind of need to, yeah, need to dive into conventions of what brands currently do. What does your typical product or service, how is it delivered? What are the challenges and fears that people have using those products? And how do we, how do we go, ah, do you know what? This is a new way to do it. This is going to be fun. This is going to be this. This is going to be that. We're going to, you know, we're going to do it like this without it becoming a, um, what's the best way to describe it? Without becoming divisive for, for no apparent reason. How are you going to mix your industry up and make you stand out without, you know, just slamming on all the other people? (laughs) Every now and again, when I'm working with a new brand, the question will come up and it'll be along the lines of, why do I need to look at what all the other competitors are doing and yeah, what do I need to do to fix this? And this is how we, yeah, we start getting into how we differentiate your brand from somebody else's. So this is how it's, yeah, it's a key factor to look at is to make sure that you are standing out from them. Um, So we need to talk a little bit about differentiating you. So yeah, differentiating your brand. How do we do that? So we've got like 2.7 seconds to capture people's time and attention. Now we want them to invest the time back into your brand and make you the irresistible and irreplaceable brand that is different. How do we do that? So we've got to narrow down your target market rather than having that really broad target market that we spoke about in the last episode. Yeah, we don't want that really broad target market of parents or shoppers. I mean, they're not useful. To narrow it down, we then have to find out what their unique problems are um, so we can uniquely benefit the customer and provide a solution that fixes their problems. And solving a problem will, yeah, be an amazing way to differentiate your brand. We want you to be innovative. To be innovative in your industry, maybe, obviously it's going to be different for everyone, but how is your industry evolving? And with the industry evolving, so should your business evolve if you're always one step behind your competitors you're always going to be chasing them how do you how do you position yourself that you're just one step ahead so that they're always chasing you it's not by offering similar services to your competition it's how do you stand out and become that uh key person of influence that people look to 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 copy and then how do you once you've got to that position how do you then translate that into staying ahead aha i can see your brain's ticking now 
So how do you deliver a service that's innovative or products that are innovative? And, you know, can you make it faster? Can you do it more accurately than you, your competitors? Yeah, don't just get stuck in the same ways. Try and bring something new to the table so that your business doesn't end up going stagnant. And this could be you're testing out products, you're testing out new courses, you're yeah, looking at different different products and selling new things, you're you're researching. This could be one really good way to do it is to Look at the competition, identify them, and then forget about them. You do not have the time to worry about what other people are doing. And if you spend too much time focusing on competition, you'll always just be one step behind. And yeah, you'll be you'll be feeling a little bit like you've got a you know, a bit of a imposter syndrome where you can't just go and do it. One good way to do this is a typical old school SWOT analysis. So look at these strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And there's, you know, there's a whole raft of things that you're going to be doing well. There's going to be stuff that you don't do well. <laughs> um, we want to turn those all into there, your opportunities and, you know, your threats are, Change, changes in the market, changes in uh, politics, changes in uh, obviously, yeah, yeah, obviously the economy, things that are kind of completely outside of your scope, and things about things that are you're not going to even thought about yet. Take the time to consider uh, what competition is doing well and where they're coming up short by finding the bits where they fall short in. You can spot all the stuff that you can you can implement and innovate to make yourself distinctive and different. One of the one of the most fun ways to uh, to think about it is to consider your brand as a villain. You know what great story doesn't have a villain and you know a hero's nemesis you know it can be the inspiration that you need to pick out uh, something that differentiates yourself what would you know luke skywalker be without darth vader what would you know batman be without the joker every great story has a villain and how can your brand kind of start applying that to you know, do a few fun things for your brand. And there's a great series, old Mac versus PC ads that, yeah, look at, you know, all the things like, uh, I think they, they were made by Apple and it was like, you know, Mac at PCs freeze. And then it's just got the, the guy standing there. Uh, it's got just two guys on the screen. One of them's like completely frozen. The other guy's like, hey, what's going on? Uh, you're just standing there and then the guy starts up again he's like oh sorry I had to restart um, don't you have to do that and the Apple guy is like no I don't I don't have that problem <laughs> does it need an enemy yeah I, I you know I think yeah it's a 
it's a fun way to look at zigging and zagging. So have a think about uh, who your enemy could be in a you know in a playful way without it being like you know you're making you're making enemies. <laughs> That's not the idea. That's not the idea. Um, so yeah, you can you can do a lot of you can have a lot of fun with that. By making an enemy, it gives you people a couple of action points that you can do as well. So it can reaffirm your customer's social identity. So social identities play a huge role in purchasing behaviors. So whether we shop at Kmart or David Jones, you know, the things that we buy help us to reaffirm our belonging to certain social groups and distance ourselves from some of the other ones. Another one could be your choice of car. Um, are you looking at Teslas or, or, you know, are you just looking at just getting a run of the mill? I don't know, Mitsubishi Pajero. And, you know, are you environmentally conscious? That purchase visibly demonstrates your, yeah, your active role in either fighting pollution or it reinforces, you know, your identity in other people's minds or your own even. Having a visible enemy makes it easy for customers to understand who and what your brand stands for and against and whether they can kind of fit into their social identity too. The second thing they can do is it encourages action. So if you've ever experienced health symptoms without knowing the cause, you'll know how frustrating it is not being able to pinpoint the problem. And yeah, you might feel like trying solutions that are just a bit of a stab in the dark because you... You don't know the root cause. Well, when we invite our customer to become the hero in our story, they might only know the symptoms of their problem too. We need to help identify the cause of what's getting in the way of their success, their villain. Because once we can name their enemy, they can also get the clarity and motivation to take action against them. So how are you going to zig? How are you going to zag when everyone's zigging? Who is your brand enemy? What's stopping customers from achieving the success they really want? What What's stopping them from... Uh, yeah, buying into the feelings that you're trying to communicate. What's stopping all of that? And remember, your brand enemy isn't how your customers feel. And when you are creating your villain, just remember to focus on one. So don't think of lots of different villains. Focus on one so it's consistent and that it's easy to replicate and uh, yeah, transform your story. And try to avoid picking a competitor as your brand villain. Maybe it's what those competitors represent or how they operate that they are the real enemy. That about does it for today's episode. Next week, we are coming back. We're going to be talking all about customer experience or that customer journey that 
you need to create to welcome people in and make sure they keep coming back.